Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Buzzard View Manor. We appreciate you listening. And let me help me welcome my co-host, Sir Martin. Sir Martin, how are you doing? I'm doing fine this evening. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. It's been a pretty interesting evening, let me tell you. So much has happened, and we have so much to talk about. Excellent. So let me start with something that's very irrelevant, but I'll go ahead and share this information with you. Twitter is supposed to be a fun place. And I'm going to go ahead and address this right quick. Guys, social media is for fun. There's scammers on there who like to scam people. And then there's Twitter stalkers. So let me explain what a Twitter stalker is. This certain individual was on Twitter, had multiple accounts, fake accounts. Okay. Mm -hmm. He would snatch pictures off of Instagram of random women. And I guess he would go like on a witch hunt for the guys that he didn't like in the horror community. And he would like get them all hot and heavy and get them to follow him. I mean, this free cat, like, like 15,000 followers, you know, and I mean, sharing bullshit. And I'd be looking at this thinking, why are y'all even liking that stuff? This is senseless. Like a 10 year old could send that, but because Mm -hmm. he knew how to manipulate what he was doing, he had a lot of followers. Okay. And then on his real profile, whenever women would call him out for his inappropriate behavior, he would go through those fake accounts and harass them. And I mean, just go go after him because he's a coward. And, you know, I was like, this guy needs help. Like, who does that? I mean, do you know how many email accounts you have to have in order to have fake accounts on Twitter? So... <laughs> Like, like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. It's just bizarre. Like, you have to have no life to do that. And, you know, um, he harassed me, like, I want to say back in early summer, because, you know, I caught on to his game. And then, like, the next day, I get personally attacked. I thought, oh, you bastard. I know who this is. There's a difference between... A troller just hopping on, saying something stupid, and then disappearing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this guy, this guy went deep. I mean, like stupid, stupid, like stupid deep. I was like, oh, this is a personal attack. I know this fucker. You know what I mean? And so I was going <laughs> down through, I was going down this enemy list. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because we all, we all have one. Like, okay, well, this coworker, you know, or, or, or this family member who's a strange. I mean, we all do have those people or, you know, people that you work with that you piss off, you know, that they're like, oh, yeah, you have social media. I'm going to come get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I don't have the courage to tell you to your face. And then, so I tagged him and I said, Contact me one more time and I'm calling the local authorities. And guess what? Boom. Gone. And he knew I was being dead serious because I don't play those stupid games. You know, like if you're going to harass me online, cool. But come on. It's a waste of time. And only losers do that. Loser cruisers do that. Sorry. So, I mean, there was a hailstorm of a lot of things that happened on Twitter because of this guy. So just be glad that you don't have to experience that. And when you do, block them. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. It's just too much. Sounds like, you know? Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun when you are on the receiving end of it and you're like, what is going on? This is crazy. I mean, to have to steal other pictures of women that you don't even know 
and then act so sexy on there and then go after the guys that, that you consider an enemy on Twitter. You have too much time on your hands. <laughs> this, this guy is, this guy is off the wall. I mean, but you know, oh, I'm sorry. Did I go too far? Did I flirt too much? You know, it's like, dude, you need your ass whooped. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But anyhow, moving on, we have a few things to talk about. We're going to talk about the goat man. And why don't you go ahead and take us on your background of it, like whenever you went out and what used to be on that island before, what is it, Greer Island? What It's called Greer Island now. What do you remember from that? Well, my journey and my experience was it encountered was with going fishing with my father. There was a place there in that area that was uh, that you can go fishing. And next to it was a... I guess this was back in the late, well, early, early 80s. There was a place where people that were alcoholics would go. So it was like a, I don't know what you would call it now. It's it's like a rehab, like rehab, like like a rehab, but it was like a jail because it it had like barbed wire around it and like a big, huge fence. I mean, the fence was huge. It was like they were in the penitentiary or something, but it was for alcoholics. So I remember seeing that there. And what I had heard as a kid was that some, this may sound gross. But they say that one of the, I guess, inmates, I don't want to call them inmates because it wasn't a jail, but it's just for like a bunch of alcoholics. But I guess inmates escaped and went into the woods and he ran into a goat. They had a love affair, which created this monster, the goat man. So that was always the tale. And I remember there used to be a place in Lake Worth, which was called Casino Beach, where people could go and go swimming and all that. And they said that they, when I was a kid, they found tracks of a goat, but there were like, you know, four hoofs. There was two hoofs. Like the goat was walking, you know, like, mm-hmm. like a person. But that was, that was what I always heard. And, and the island was right there. We, we could see the island and everything else, but they said that he would go from that island to across to, you know, what is now Eagle Mountain. Well, it's Eagle Mountain Lake and all that. But, but then I also heard it was a prank. It's been around for a long time, you know, so. I'm not too sure. There's been sightings of goat men in other locations in the United States. Right. Okay. So I remember Casino Beach, you know, I went there a, a few times as a kid. You know, that whole area was a different place back then. It was more rural. Mm-hmm. And so my understanding of the goat man, it was that he would stalk Greer Island and people would see him, but he never attacked anybody. They would just spot him. There was, I guess, a couple that they were parked, you know, just being lovers in a vehicle, making out, you know. And apparently this guy jumped out or this thing, this monster, jumped on the hood of the vehicle and took off. And then another story about the goat man jumping from like the trees and throwing like a tire. It's just all these different stories. So the people in the community were pretty freaked out that they actually formed a mob to go find the goat man, to go kill this thing that the local law enforcement had to step in and be like, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cause they were afraid that what if they actually found somebody or someone they'd kill them. And I guess they were afraid that they would burn that whole area down, you know, because you know, in these parts where we live that we were always raised to take care of your own. Like if no one will do anything about it, well, we're not going to let a thing or a person hurt our families. You know, that's kind of, I guess, the old Texas mentality. Would you kind of say that maybe? I would say so. Yeah. 
Got to form a mob and let's take care of it. (laughs) Right. You know, so, but the local law enforcement, which was the sheriff's department, stepped and said, hey, y'all can't do that. You know, that's what we're here for. I guess because they were afraid that it was some kids from like Castleberry or from Lake Worth High School pulling a prank, you know, I mean, because like a senior prank. They were afraid that it was a teenager in a costume raising a little hell and would probably accidentally get shot or hurt. But they never really found the goat man. So, and at least no one was murdered or hurt. You know, if they were just having some good fun, then cool. But I mean, the whole idea of the goat man, you know, who knows? You know, this brings me to, a, I guess you could say some type of goat man. But my mom told me a story once of that her grandma told her. That there was a dance, you know, in, in Austin, Texas, there was a big dance hall there. And there was one night that this mysterious guy came into the, the dance hall and he had a really nice vehicle. I mean, he, he dressed really sharp and I mean, he was really distinguished and, you know, and everybody's like, man, and all the girls were flocking to him. And that night the music was going on, everybody's dancing and everybody wanted to dance with this guy and everything else. And when it came to a certain time, I think they said it was like 12 o'clock midnight. The, the place started to stink. They're really bad, like really rancid, like if it was like on a, uh, like a pig pen or like a farm animals or something, like really, really bad. The area stunk. The girl that was dancing with that guy at the time was, you know, start to smell it too. And then when she looked down at him, the bottom portion of his, uh, you know, from the torso down was actually part of a goat. And supposedly is that he ran out of there. He jumped into that fancy vehicle, like, Bat out of hell and just like disappeared. And that was kind of a weird story, but it was kind of cool at the same time because that's some type of goat, man. I guess, I guess it's connected with Satan. I don't know. <laughs> and, but you know what? Let me, this is my opinion. And I'm going to get back to the goat man and get back to that story. But for me, I think it's bizarre that people connect Satan to the goat. Let me tell you why. And I've always said this. I don't feel that. Let's just say if Satan's real. I just don't see Satan being an ugly goat. I don't see Satan being this monster. I mean, you know, he's supposed to be uh, a fallen angel, the the morning star, you know, supposedly God created him. And, you know, there was free will in heaven and Lucifer got so jealous that he wanted to become God. And that's why he was kicked out of heaven and supposedly took one third of God's angels with him when he was cast out of heaven. So to me, Lucifer would be, or whomever could take any kind of form, but he would be so arrogant and just so gorgeous and so just elite that there's no way in hell he would want to even look like a goat. I mean, cause he would be, he would have the best of everything, the best of what the flesh wants. Does that make sense? You know, like I've always thought that if there are demons, no way in hell Satan would get his hands dirty because the demons would do the dirty work for him. Those are those are his slaves. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's their king. He's they're serving him. It's interesting how the gentleman that was there was so, like you said, beautiful. I mean, he was mm-hmm. really good looking. That's what that's what my grandma had said. That he was really good looking. That all the women were flocking to him. And men were all jealous, and everybody was like lining up just to dance with this guy. We were really looking distinguished, had a vehicle that was really lavish and everything else. And yeah, so it's kind of similar to what you're saying. And that brings us to Devil in the Dance Hall. See, I've heard that urban legend as well. But the way I heard it, I mean, I've heard it a couple different ways. And here's one version. Like, there was this dance that was happening, and this 
girl came from a very religious family and her mother didn't want her to participate. It was like on a holiday. It felt like on a holiday that they were holding this dance and her mother wanted her to keep the holiday sacred. And so because this girl never really got to, you know, go out and really live life and she lived a strict life, she went ahead and attended anyways. And of course, this handsome man shows up and he shows up at the dance hall and they start dancing and she's happy. And this is like the best night of her life. And then I've heard the story in two ways. Either one version is that she disappears and they find her body, you know, outside Mm. the dance hall in the woods. There's one, Mm -hmm. that's how one ended. And the other one was they dance nonstop until she was taken to hell. So that's why it's called devil in the dance hall. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's kind of similar to what we were talking, you know, what the story I said, maybe it's the same thing, but you know, twist it up in a different way. I don't know. But you know, that urban legend actually, I believe comes from Mexico. I don't know. When my mom told me that story, it was kind of weird. I could kind of picture it in my head. Because it was mm-hmm. like the way, she, the way she said it was like he did, he just ran out and jumped in the car and he just flew and disappeared. So I could just see this really fancy black car just like whisking out into the into the sky and disappearing. I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, seriously, like you had me out here dancing, you made me smell the swine smell, and now you're gonna leave me standing <laughs> here by the by the punch bowl while you take off and haul ass and leave me here at the dance hall. Like, I would be so offended. Well, at least he didn't take her to hell. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, hold on. No, that's what I got my broomstick here for. <laughs> <laughs> so would you go ahead and share that story that was sent to us by a follower? Yes. This story is sent in by Micah Wilson. It's called The Ditch Witch. She was a woman who caught her husband cheating on her and got revenge by drowning her children in an arroyo and leaving them on the bank so he can find them. Now she lurks in the arroyo looking for more kids to snatch up and drown. When she starts growling, that's when you know she's nearby. The growling is actually the ditch being flooded so quickly it roars. This is meant to keep the kids away. The whole story is actually meant to keep kids away from ditches and never play in them. Sounds like the Yorona. Yeah, I think that's what he said. That that's when he saw that movie. It kind of made him laugh because it was just like that, you know. It sounds similar, but I I don't know why she. I don't know the whole story of the Yorona, but I just know that she drowned her kids and and she was like looking for them now. And that's why she was wailing because she's like looking for them and she can't find them. I don't know if she was having you know if this has anything to do, but it sounds very similar to the Yorona. Well. First of all, if your guy is having an affair, don't drown your kids. Drown his ass, okay? How about that? Drown his ass in the ditch. And then have his girlfriend come haunt the banks to come find his old raggedy ass. No one wants that, you know? Don't. I'm sorry, guys. Don't drown anybody, okay? (laughs) Well, isn't it a sad factor that in today's world that you you hear about that kind of stuff, where the, the mother actually drowns the kids for whatever reason, you know? It's kind of weird how that's that's kind of happening now. And, and that's unfortunate because, listen, here's my advice. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. If you have kids and you're in a bad place, in a bad marriage, a bad relationship, if you feel that you may do that to your kids, 
walk up to a fire station, walk up to a hospital and say, look, I'm not in a healthy place right now. And I feel very unstable here are my kids. I just want to make sure they're safe because right now I don't feel like I'm healthy for them. Like I feel like I could probably put them in danger. Don't throw away your life. Go get help because sometimes people can put us in bad situations where it's just so much. It's just too much to handle. But don't hurt your kids and don't let your fucking boyfriends or your husbands hurt your kids either. If you even think that's going on, stop it immediately. That's all I have to say. Do not let people hurt your kids. Bottom line. So we find this pattern even going back to the old days, but we didn't probably hear about it so much because we didn't have social media. We didn't have all this instant information. But like I said, if some guy wants to cheat on you, kick his ass to the curb. Don't drown him. That was a joke. Just throw your damn glass of wine in his face and say, get the hell out of here, you know? And then guess what? Hit him up for child support because then he can't spend that money on his girlfriend. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to move on to this other story. This is a story about this woman who was taking care of her father-in-law. And as she was taking care of her father-in-law, he was dying. He started to see a lot of things in the room, a lot of darkness, a lot of evilness. He was seeing shadows. He was hearing growling. And he would say, you know, to his daughter-in-law, don't let it come get me. Don't let it come get me. And she's like, what are you talking about? Don't let those shadows come get me. And then at one time in the room, he saw four shadows, like hooded shadows. And she was looking around. She's like, look, there's no one in the room. And she was like, well, pray about it. Pray about it, you know? And so when she told me that, I said, four shadows. And she's like, yes. And I said, that's death. I mean, think about like the four horsemen. You know what I mean? If you kind Mm -hmm. of think about it. And she was really affected by that and kind of disturbed by it. You know, we've talked about this before, people having close, you know, counters with death. There's been a couple of people that I've known that have almost died, that when they do come back and they fought, you know, hard because they were sick, they're almost aged like 20 years. Hmm. Like when you come to that close to death and then you come back, a lot of people look really bad. You know, my mom told me a story that my great grandmother, she was not, um, let me see how I would say it. I guess you could say she was like a a witch or something like that. I don't like using that term, but when she passed away, a bruja, yeah. So when um, she was dying in the hospital, she was saying, oh, get that dog off of me. Get that dog off of me. Get that cat off of me. And like, everybody's like, there's no dog. There's no cat on you. But the strange thing is they would find the hair. Mm. They would find the hair on the sheets. According to my mom, she had like not a very pleasant death. And like I said, when they would move the blankets, they would find the animal hair there. Yeah, You know, you go doing things in this world, whatever's on that other side is going to collect its debt. People don't understand that, but hey, I'm moving on. I don't want to piss anyone off. Moving on, trucking on down the street. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm big on spirituality. I'm, I'm huge. I love religion. I love learning about people's different religions. I, I mean, even atheists, atheists don't even offend me. Like, I like to understand how they don't believe in anything. Like, they believe in science. Like, that's fascinating to me. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not here to try to save you. I'm not here to try to ch- change your mind. I just want to 
understand, like, were, were you raised that way? What, what was the point in time that made you change your mind? And what was that defining moment? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fascinating to me. I love it all. I love learning about people's different religions. And I don't care, even if a person's like satanic, I don't care. Tell me about it. What made you, what, what drew you to that? Right. I'm the same way. I don't really, that's not my business. I mean, I would love to know more about it. Everybody has their own reasons, you know, and, and or, or changes for some whatever reason that is, you know, in their life. Yeah, that's true. But anyhow, so the next thing we're going to talk about right quick is called group hysteria. So when I was a child, um, let's see, my siblings, there was five of us, and we were all at my grandmother's house. Now, this house that they lived in was very interesting because it just seemed like it just had this dark aura there and we don't know why and there was rumors that that certain area those homes were built over an old cemetery and whether yeah. this is true we don't know but in that certain development the the roads are real small and winding like it was a cemetery and it's only in that one area so this was probably back in 83 i was the youngest out of all of them and the reason why I'm calling it group hysteria, because kids have such a huge imagination and fear does crazy things to the mind. So we're all at my grandmother's house. And back then, you know, like my mom and my grandmother, they ran to the store real quick and they left all us kids there. Probably was a bad idea. Maybe that's why we experienced group hysteria together. <laughs> yeah. They were like, there's a little boy in the ground. There's a little boy in the ground. He lives here. And then all of us together, I guess, imagine this little boy coming from the ground. He had overalls and he was, you could kind of see through him. He had like a chili haircut and it was kind of red. Okay. So I remember my brother trying to kick this little boy and his leg going right through him. And so you have to remember all of us kids were there by ourselves until my, you know, my grandmother and my mother got back and there was no adults there. So my brother and all of us would go down the hallway and we see this man sleeping in a bed and my, and we thought it was my grandfather. My grandfather wasn't even there. So, you know, I think this is like our imagination running wild, but we all saw it together. And then all the kids go running out of the damn house and me and my sister are in the kitchen. And this is the part in that movie, Antrim, that kind of like freaked me out a little bit when that kid sees that shadow. Remember that part? Oh, yeah. Okay. So all everyone goes running out of the house. And then this, like I said, group hysteria, this thing, this kid stepped in front of me, wouldn't let me pass. And everyone is out in the backyard. And then after that, I don't remember anything. Yeah. So but what I'm saying is fear does funny things to the mind. And so that's why, you know, I try to tell people, you know, when you're afraid, get a grip because, you know, I did and we all did experience group hysteria when we were kids. Anyhow. <laughs> well, especially in that house. I think we all did in that house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many stories could be written about that place. It was something dark and there was some, I just, there was darkness there. Darkness. But you know that it, it has been said many times that that whole place was actually a cemetery, like you said. And when the Air Force, I guess, general, back then when it was called GD or General Dynamics, Mm -hmm. Started, you know, building airplanes and everything else. They needed places for for the workers, so they started building up these neighborhoods. 
but that was actually, you know, they weren't even carrying. They were just like building. So they built on top of a cemetery. That's what, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And what, you know, I do believe that homes kind of carry this memory. And I'll give you an example. You know, I lived in a beautiful two story house, you know, on the other side of town. And it was kind of like the home, you know, it's like everything I ever wanted in a house. And it's huge, but it felt very sad there. It felt very lonely there. And I always felt really utterly alone there. And so long story short, apparently no one died in that house, but the people who lived in that house before me, the woman had like, like Lyme disease. This is, I found Mm. all this out afterwards. This woman had Lyme disease and she suffered a lot mentally and emotionally. And her husband was having an affair on her. See, she wasn't dead. But those strong emotions were there. Okay. And I didn't understand why. I just felt so sad at this home. And there was this family who lived next door. They, they were, I thought they were Mormons at first because they were such a big family and they were always out front playing, always having a good time. And I just remember feeling like I couldn't breathe and like just so depressed. And I was like, why am I feeling this? Why am I feeling this way? Well, when we were moving out of this house, we found out that they were divorcing. So there was a lot of weirdness going on right there. You know, like, I don't know what the hell was going on in that home and you could just feel it. But when we purchased our other home, peaceful, goodness, like it's just good. And I'm not trying to say anything anyone, so don't be getting all pissed off. But the people afterwards, I found after we purchased this home, they were Jehovah Witnesses. Mm-hmm. There were they, they it was just an older couple. They lived here and the vibes are good. Like I don't feel that way the way I did at that other house. It's just so weird. So I do believe that homes can carry memories. Yeah. I, I and I also believe that furniture actually can carry stuff too. You're right on about that. I believe that mm-hmm. too. I'm just superstitious. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are. You're either gonna love us or hate us, but we hope you love us. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on, you you know that uh, when I was doing my research, and and this is something I think we should try and go do and maybe have something that we can uh, share with others. There's a place called Old uh, Alton Bridge. It's close to Denton, Texas. And it was uh, it used to connect Denton to another little town. I forgot the name of the town. It's called Alton Bridge, but they hung somebody off that bridge. And the Mm -hmm. reason why they hung them is this, this gentleman had a a lucrative business. And at that time, well, they couldn't see African-Americans like, you know, really do well. And uh, he put a sign on that bridge saying the way to the goat man, because he made his money off selling goats. So they end up getting the uh, local KKK got upset and hung him off the bridge. The, the interesting thing is when they put the noose around him neck, his neck and then pushed him off, they looked down and he was, he disappeared. And they got so panicky and scared that they went back to his house and slaughtered his family, you know, his wife and his kids. And they say now that when you go to the bridge, you can actually see, you know, some some people have seen things. Some people have been punched, kicked, all kinds of stuff. So I think that would be an interesting place to go check out. And it's and it's actually called the Way of the Goat Man. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go check it out. I'll look at that. And I, you, you know, in society, there's always been haters that hate to see people do well in life, and that is so evil. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be jealous mm-hmm. because someone's succeeding. But let me tell you the kind of meme all that I had. 
my mimo lived deep in the country and this is you know and she was really really like sweet towards the african um american community so sweet that it pissed off people locally who were in the ku klux klan and so the guys showed up outside my well my mimo's house and you know what happened she met them with a fucking shotgun and she went out there and this was the women didn't do this back then okay but she stood alone and she went out there and told them to get the hell off her property or she was gonna blow all of them to hell and she meant it and guess what mm -hmm. they left because they're gonna they thought that they could go up there and scare her being a woman but they knew she meant business she was gonna blast each and every fucking one of them to hell so right. i guess that's why i'm just like i have that you know you know but that's just me i can't help it <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow is there something that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, there is something I like to share with you. Basically, on the side, we have our own label, and it's a small label. Every Actually, every year we put out a CD compilation. So this year we're putting out a compilation that has a mixture of, you know, dark ambient and kind of darker side music along with, I guess, some fun music for the season. Because, you know, in, in, during Halloween or the fall or whatever you want to call it, fall fest or whatever, it, the the sound of the, of music is is a large spectrum. You got everything from sad, depressing, to having a good time and partying, right? So this year our CD is going to be like a mixture. But there's one particular gentleman who sent one of his well the actual track that's going to be on the compilation, and I thought we would share it on this show because it, I think it fits kind of what we're doing. And it was it was uh, I didn't know until later researching it. It's also been on a documentary called The Hang of Elizabeth Reed, A Ghost Story. And you can uh, check that out on Amazon Prime. And it's for free. You can check out the movie. But the song is called From the Rope to the Ground. The project's called Insectarium. And the gentleman's name is um, Joel Hinkle. And he's out of uh, Springfield, Illinois. And so we'd like to leave you with that song if it's okay with you. Absolutely. Everyone enjoy listening and thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm.